Welcome to Truman's Matrix. A podcast built around the craziest headlines around the world. A production of Digging Deeper Media, owned by Hale Multimedia. Where you don't know who's watching who, or who's controlling you. So this is Truman's Matrix, and it's about the concept of being spied upon, being watched constantly, like in the Truman Show. So today, we're going to ask the question, have you ever wondered if your devices are listening to every word that you say? I know many of us have wondered that. Cybersecurity specialists are a rare breed, and it's even more rare to find one that will talk to you. We were very fortunate to get a call from a cybersecurity expert from Chicago, Illinois, with some disturbing information. Once again, your data is on the loose. Like our friend Tom McDonald says, Big tech don't need a microchip to hack in your life, because the phone inside your pocket is a tracking device. We tend to agree with that, Tom. Especially because we'll be talking about something and then suddenly a search will appear on our phone without us actually typing anything in. Google's voice activated system is on constantly in order to listen for your commands. It only makes sense. And of course, other home listening devices are going to be on constantly listening for your commands, such as the Alexa or the Echo Dot, for instance. However, a lot of controversy lately has surrounded data breaches and the privacy of users' data and where it's getting sold off to. Amazon claims they don't sell the data, they only keep it locally to use for themselves. However, we have found that not to be true. Not only from several witnesses, but from a cybersecurity specialist who we have on the line with us. This is Chris from Chicago. He is going to introduce to you some information that may be disturbing and may cause you to want to ditch those devices or at least take the precautions that he recommends. Let's listen in. It was a surprise to get your call yesterday and I'm glad that we could continue our conversation today. Uh, Chris has some very technical information but is going to do his best to put it into layman's terms to tell us what's going on. Something that he discovered and first, we'll get started on his background. Chris, go ahead and just give us a little bit of background on where you're coming from, and then we can talk about what it is that you found. So my name's Chris. I'm a cybersecurity expert from Chicago, Illinois. I've been kind of a cybersecurity nerd my whole life. Like, I knew what I was going to do as soon as I was in middle school. They had a whole career placement thing, and it said cybersecurity, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. I was doing my senior year project. It was a group project. Uh, for a high-level, 300-level class. And the professor is kind of stingy, and he wanted us to do, like, doctorate-level work. He wanted us to show how unsecured the Internet of Things is. And uh, me and everyone else knew that a lot of these uh, systems actually are pretty secure because they don't want you knowing what they're doing. But I knew a surefire way of to figure out some things that were going on. And that's what we did. Actually, I ended up doing all the work for the group project because... Unfortunately, only one person can use a computer at a time, and I had all the hardware at my house, and it was during COVID, so <laughs> I was like, I'll do all this, you guys just make the presentations and write the paper and all that. <laughs> so I, did all the, I did all the work, mm-hmm. and the, the goal was to get an Amazon Echo device, um, specifically an Echo Dot, and I was just going to show how a, a software called Piehole, which works on a Raspberry Pi, which is just a tiny computer, mm-hmm. how you can plug it into your network, and it could actually filter requests 
So stuff like tracking or advertisements or whatever you want, you can stop it from doing that. So I made two different Amazon accounts. Uh, there's a control, which uh, I'd ask the Amazon Echo the same questions. What time is it in New York? Tell me a joke. You know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, nothing that would require internet anyway. <laughs> and it, uh, it's kind of interesting what happened. So the second account, we had the pie hole on, which is like a black hole. It heats up all the stuff we don't want it to, like the trackers. But when I was looking at the pie hole interface to see what the domains it was requesting were, I was shocked to find that it was requesting domains for data aggregators, specifically data collection places like Facebook. And the domain was specifically Facebook's data collection domain. Uh, it was very strange because the only device on the network was the Echo Dot. It's not like someone's phone was connected using Facebook or anything. But it also re reached out to over, a, it made over a thousand different requests in a few hours, and it reached out to like maybe a hundred different companies. And it was kind of shocking. We went to the the page of the router to see how much traffic was moving, and it was constantly moving traffic. It was moving a ton of traffic. We weren't even using it, and it was just constantly moving traffic all the time. Uh, so I kind of dove into it more, but specifically you might want to know how all this works, right? How this all came down. Mm -hmm. uh, so to get technical, and I'll make it easy as possible, uh, basically what we were using was a router with custom firmware called DDWRT. Um, you can download it for free, it's amazing, I love it. It's open source, safe, uh, great software. Um, and then we used a Raspberry Pi, a tiny computer, running Pi-hole, also free, Mobitors, amazing, they do great work. And what we had the router do is we had it force DNS direction straight to our own private DNS, which is actually the Raspberry Pi running Pi-hole. So we had the, the router routing all the traffic to the DNS. What a DNS is, is a domain name system, and all that does is turn something like Google.com into a bunch of numbers. The Echo Dot by default is set to reach out to its own DNS, which is Amazon. But because we had a router with its own custom settings, we actually forced it to use our DNS so we could actually see what it was saying. You can imagine uh, these devices are pretty secure. The traffic's encrypted, so you can't really read it. But the thing is, uh, much like shipping packages in real life, unencrypted packages are made of cardboard, and encrypted ones are made of stainless cut-proof steel. Hmm. However, if you're shipping a package, you need to have who it's going to. Otherwise, you know, you can't send the package. So we knew we could get that much information. So it was going to be what I thought was, it was going to be an easy assignment. But it was quite shocking to see that these packages of our data were being sent out to all these data collection agencies. Uh, I did the presentation, and everyone was kind of dumbfounded. And I was too, because, you know, it's, it violates a lot of the GDPR and California privacy protections and quite a few other laws because Amazon's intended to say who they're sharing your data with and Amazon said that they're keeping the data for themselves and they're not sharing it with anyone. But uh, that, even though it's not technically true, the device was sending it directly. So Amazon wasn't forwarding the data to someone else. So they could kind of skirt the law by saying they didn't send the data, the device did. And the information it collected, because these packages are all encrypted, we can't quite tell what's inside. However, we did a series of tests to see what kind of data it was sending. Uh, so for instance, we would blacklist Facebook uh, mm. from even appearing on the network, and all of a sudden the amount of traffic would die down. 
And what's even funnier is we blacklist some of the Facebook domains, and they have obfuscated domains, meaning scrambled domains, <laughs> that can pick up whenever it fails. So, like, if your network security is like, you don't want to send that to Facebook, Facebook's like, how about this one? And then they, they kept trying different routes, and I was like, jeez. Wow. Uh, the project was a success, but uh, that was kind of shocking. The reason I ever came out about it was because I kind of figured it, someone else was going to do this, because it's... I don't know. It's not that hard. I, I guess no one just really had a network only running a Pi. Because if someone saw Facebook on their network through their Pi hole, they, they wouldn't have assumed it was the, you know, an Echo Dot. Because this had nothing to do with Facebook. These were fresh accounts. I don't, I don't even have Facebook. My phone wasn't connected. There was just the, it was just the Echo Dot itself. That was it. Mm. So it, it was uh, a bit disturbing. And some of the information we found that it was gathering... Uh, we found that if we talked in the room, the amount of data that it was sending was increased. So that means that it was sending audio data. And it would actually compound based on how many other uh, DNSs were able to be resolved. So if there were more people that they could send data to, it would actually send more of the data. So we know that it was sending it to places like Facebook. But we also saw that it was taking information from the user's cell phone. So you have to download the app to get everything started and then log in with your Wi-Fi password. But what it also does is it maps out all of the devices that are on your network. <laughs> so it checks to see all the other devices and what they are and what they're up to. And it's a little creepy, to be honest. Yeah. But, the... uh, mm. Dang. It gets bigger from there, but uh, I'll let you talk. <laughs> no, I was just, I was uh, echoing, to be punny about it, uh, the fact that people are concerned about their data on their Echo devices, and there are numerous articles out there on the internet about how you need to completely delete your data if you're going to sell your Echo. And so what they're basically saying, it's wiped, it's never deleted. In other words, we know you can never delete it because it's already gone to a third party by that time. Actually, yeah, I was going to express that point. Uh what was kind of shocking was uh, it was either at that time, it was around that time that the, the whole Facebook and, uh, what was it, uh, Cambridge Analytica. Right. They oh, were, oh, yeah. They were found to do election hacking. Hmm. And only just recently did everyone discover the Echo was always recording. I knew about this for years. This, this is like, as a cybersecurity expert, I, I see this kind of crap all the time. So mm -hmm. I kind of get dumb to it. And when you're mm -hmm. a senior year of college and you got a lot of stuff going on, you know, you're not trying to throw yourself in the limelight. You know, there's no benefit to come from that. It's not like I would get paid or anything. I would just have to constantly, you know, talk to a bunch of agents if the government even cared enough to reach out. And I, you know, at worst, I'd get sued for whatever Amazon's reasoning wants to be. You know, maybe improperly using the device or something. Maybe something in their terms of service. I, I didn't want to deal with that. And after three years, and it never came out. I was like, okay, this is a bit much. And they, they settled the suit with the constantly recording thing. And it was silly to me that none of the people who investigated or audited these devices did anything like what I did, because they would have seen that it went to other companies, which would have made the problem worse. But if you think about this, uh, Cambridge Analytica was a scandal that happened with a company called Cambridge Analytica and Facebook, which is now known as Meta. And the problem was they were using Facebook users' data to actually uh, influence political campaigns to get people to vote a certain way and to react a certain way to content based on their data usage and what they're used to doing. But what's a bit shocking to think is that this whole time that that was happening, uh, the devices in your very own home were recording and sending the data straight to Facebook. 
If I were to hazard to guess, I'm, I'm guessing Cambridge Analytica also got voice data uh, from people at home and what they had to say. They probably got transcribed and thrown through a processor, and then they decided how to target ads based on what people were saying. So they could get more of a response based on that. That's, that's speculation, but uh, if I were Facebook and I had more data to give to an analytical firm, I probably would have given it all to them. So it's a bit shocking to me that after all this, no one's seen this ever come out or no one's tried it. But the way to do this is pretty simple, too. Like, the device is like 20 bucks. There's only one command to actually type in on the Pi to get it running. And DDWRT is easy to set up on your router. You just get the model of your router, type it into the DDWRT website, download the firmware, and then upload it to your router. And then, boom, you got it. You can even do this at home to see if it's still going. And it's, I haven't done it in a while because it just never came out. And I, I figured, what would it matter if I did it? It's easier if the people, if like the news agencies or whatever, do it themselves. So I gave them the instructions, and I'm letting them play around with it to see what they can get on their end. Okay. So we know there's a problem. You've proven that there's an issue and that they're not upfront about it. Now, we know we can't necessarily do much about it on a big scale other than join the lawsuit against Cambridge, which I think anybody on Facebook since 2017 is, is allowed to join that. Uh, but what can we do as a cybersecurity expert? What do you suggest people do from this point forward if there's a desire to lock down or firewall that Echo or other devices in their house? Do you have any advice there? Oh, absolutely. So the, the whole test I was running in college was actually to show that we could block tracking, but not just tracking ads too. Let's say you have ads like on your mobile phone for different games. You can actually block these ads and it's amazing. It's, a, it's really easy to do. You just get like a URL full of these like these, these like DNSs, these domains that you don't want to run. All you type in is like pie hole DNS block list, and you're going to get thousands of links, and you can choose any one of them. Block lists for anything you can imagine, from the inappropriate to just straight up useful security stuff, you know, websites that mine your data. So the solution is straightforward, is actually just getting a Raspberry Pi. You can get one specifically with Pi Hole loaded on it for like 10, 20 bucks. You plug it into your router and you just change your DNS settings. You can find that on Google pretty easily. DNS settings can be changed on your device or on your router so your whole home network runs on it. But if, you're, if you don't like that and you do just want to increase your privacy right this second and you want faster internet, the best thing I can recommend you do is change the DNS on your specific device. If you just go to the network settings on your device, you can change the DNS to whatever you want, and it's, it's you don't have to let go. What if you're telling me some random numbers? You'll know why I'm not telling you some random numbers. The, the DNS you can type in is 1.1.1.2. That is owned by Cloudflare. The traffic is encrypted, and it's faster. It's, it's a matter of 10 times faster, so you can load websites faster. Um, and they don't save your data either, so that's just great, and it's free. You don't have to pay for it. You just type in the DNS, and that's the primary DNS you can set. You can set up a secondary in case Cloudflare fails, which it never does. Um, and another one you can use is called Quad9. It's a security company. It's very smart. They don't they don't log your data or your traffic. And uh, then obviously the, the IP for that, the DNS, is 9.9.9.9. And you can just save those settings. Your phone's going to be faster and more secure. And more importantly, uh, your requests for what you're trying to look up, for instance, uh, the URLs that you're requesting, these domains that you're requesting, uh, by default, they go straight to your internet service provider, and they sell your data, which is not great. So if you really care about, you know, an internet service provider creeping on your history or maybe the government seeing what you're looking at, 
uh, you don't have to worry about that because if you're using either of the DNSs 1.1.1.2, which is the anti-malware domain for uh, uh, specifically Cloudflare, Flare, and the Quad 99999, you can look this up, you don't have to trust me, <laughs> but uh, it'll make your phone faster and more secure, and the only one who will receive those DNS requests are the actual people I mentioned. You don't have to worry about anyone spying in on it because they can't see the traffic. And, of course, you don't have to worry about your ISP actually logging any of your domains that you're trying to reach, like if it's Yahoo or some inappropriate site. You don't have to worry about them selling that data to third parties. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty easy win either way. I recommend getting a pie hole if you can. It's not hard to set up. You can watch like a 10-minute tutorial. It only takes a few minutes to set up, but they like to make it as easy as possible. So, yeah, it's, it's honestly just, yeah, DNS is great, but make sure you choose the right one. Don't stick with the default or it will go to your internet service provider. It's not going to be any surprise that, you know, there's more and more advanced technology happening. Uh, I'm more interested to see how quantum computing becomes a thing. Because uh, one of the few things protecting American people and their privacy, which I, I think is an inalienable right to privacy, I, I, it's, it's absolutely encryption. Encryption protects your data from being snooped on. So if you want to look up something and you're worried, like the government or maybe your spouse or just someone who has it out for you is going to see it, the only thing that really protects you for, for sure is encryption. But the problem is with quantum computing, they can crack numbers so fast, encryption's broken in a heartbeat. Like, it won't even matter if it's encrypted. So seeing a government work with that and use that, uh, that's pretty scary. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, it makes, like, the Apple example. Someone wanted to get the uh, keys to Apple's kingdom to unlock a terrorist's phone. That was a perfect use case for the government. Uh-huh. And Apple said no, because that'll just open the floodgate to you going for other people. Yeah. And the government cracked it anyway. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my goodness. What? You know what? It was ask for permission. And then just do it anyway. That's just—it's silly. I don't know. That's going to be the more concerning thing. But at the same time, technology will catch up. Quantum computers should become a more commonplace thing in the next 10 to 20 years. When that happens, we'll be able to encrypt our devices even more. So it kind of steps up. Advances in technology are kind of scary, but they're scary in the same way the invention of a gun was scary. It's a tool, but you got to use it for the right reason. Fascinating. That's a good way to end it. You, any, you want to finish off with anything else? Because that is some amazing content that will probably make a, just a fantastic cybersecurity segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm fighting to get some auditing jobs, but no one wants to hire an inexperienced auditor. So I'm stuck in this limbo where I'm trying to get certifications, but I can't until I get like an enterprise one-year job, and then I can't get a job because I don't have certifications. I have like my cert from the school, but they want specific ones and I just, I don't have them. So I'm stuck in this weird, I've got everything to prove, but I can't prove it because it's ethical hacking when you're doing it to help people. That's what I work as, as an auditor, ethical hacker, penetration tester. Mm-hmm. So they make it, I break it, and I show them where it went wrong so they can prevent it from happening. Mm-hmm. But there's not a whole lot I can do to practice on an enterprise level without permission. <laughs> so it's like, I'm kind of sitting with my hands tied at the moment. It's, been quite the adventure but uh i don't know i figured i'd get that out there because it's just i can't even imagine how much data they've collected over this long and the fact that they settled that suit recently and they didn't even find anything from it it's just it's just ridiculous we completely agree we have done multiple podcasts on this topic in fact we even named a segment after the concept of everyone's watching us called we call it truman's matrix and it is like the Truman Show and the Matrix combined. And oh, it, yeah. It's the, great movies. <laughs> right? 
you take both of the concepts of those movies and you put them together and that's the kind of podcast that you're on right now this has been an amazing version of Truman's Matrix and that's going to do it for this edition of Truman's Matrix a podcast built around the craziest headlines around the world a production of Digging Deeper Media owned by Hale Multimedia you can find Digging Deeper with Brian Hale on your favorite podcast network or visit all of our podcasts under one roof at diggingdeeper.us. And one more thing. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.